Hello, hello, and welcome to episode two of Ami Tuckered Out. I am your host, Ami Tucker Ravel, and I am here with my producer, Nizar. How you doing? Good, how are you? Honestly, I'm actually a little bit under the weather. Tis the season, my friend. Tis the season, flu shot season. Exactly. But I'm really pumped. We're actually starting our new interview series today. Yeah, so this week, we've decided to launch our interview series that will highlight South Asian trailblazers around the world. Um, people that have carved out their own unique path, and made a name for themselves in their respective industries. Yeah, we're talking with artists, entrepreneurs, uh, politicians, musicians, philanthropists, teachers, people in social media, lawyers, um, probably doctors too, actually. Wait, South Asians are doctors? It's a, it's a stereotype. That's we're so getting weird. Over it. Yeah. yeah. And also, guys, we will continue our roundtable talks uh, periodically throughout the season. Yeah. If you want to check out our first roundtable talk, it's episode one, and you could check it out on the website or on iTunes. Yep. Shall we jump right in? Let's do it. All right, cool. We are very excited about our first guest of the season, the amazingly talented Gajal Desai. Uh, she is a dance and wellness professional and co-creator of Dunia Bollywood Fitness. Have you ever taken a Bollywood fitness class? <laughs> no. They are super fun. So a little bit about Gajal. Yeah. She began her professional career nearly 20 years ago, and I'm going to try to get this right. She started off as an organizational management consultant with a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology. That's a big one. That's a big one. And of course, this field was still pretty uncommon in the South Asian community back then. And during this time, she co-founded Dunia, which transitioned into the first large-scale Bollywood dance and fitness company. And she has these amazing stories and has been on The Oprah Winfrey Show, Dr. Oz, Live with Kelly and Michael, The Today Show. I mean, you know, kind of all these shows you've she's heard of. everywhere. Exactly. And so we are super excited she's joining us today. So hang tight. We'll be right back with our interview with Kajal. We are very excited to have you kick off our season, interviewing South Asian trailblazers all over the world. Hi, Gajo. Hi. And you and I have known each other through mutual friends, um, although I think the one thing people have been asking me to do with you is to have a dance-off, which we never have. I know. It's so funny because I feel like that's what always comes up. <laughs> always. And I have to admit, I'm nervous about it. So let's go ahead and postpone that one. Oh, don't worry. I've been avoiding it for years as well. <laughs> we'll have to do it as a behind the scenes video. Oh, that would be awesome. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up. I grew up in Mississippi. Um, I am a Mississippi girl. I grew up, you know, not having many brown folk around me, um, especially in my town. There were, you know, it was very sparse. Um, but from there, I um, I went to college at Emory in Atlanta. And then um, I ventured to, I actually spent a year in India after that. And then I went to grad school in Baton Rouge. Um, and then from there, moved to DC. I was in DC for eight years. Um, and I think that's really where I kind of became the person I am today. Um, I owe a lot to, to my time in DC. Um, from there, we were in LA for a year and then here. So I've kind of been all around. That was like me. Yeah. So tell me, how did you go from being a consultant at Booz Allen Hamilton to starting Dunia? Um, you know, I think pe things just fall into place as they're supposed to. There was always a part of me that was like, you know, I never want to lose touch with dancing and I always want to do it. And um, 
when I moved to DC and I started working at Booz Allen, I did lose touch with it a little bit. Um, I started to miss it. And then fate would have it that my business partner, Fredunia Priya, um, kind of walked into my life. We had mutual people that knew each other. And we met for coffee one day and we're like, you know, do you want to do this? Um, she had kind of started teaching classes before we met. And then um, someone put us in touch because we both wanted to do the same thing. Um, it worked out perfectly. So we both had, you know, full-time jobs. We started doing it on the side. And then, um, you know, <laughs> one day, I love, I love this part of our story, but one day um, we had been doing it for about a year and a half. And my manager at Booz Allen called me into her office because she wanted to start talking about what I needed to do to be promoted. And the minute she started saying these words, I was like, in, internally, I was just like, I can't do this. And so I blurted out, I'm actually quitting. And she was like, wait, what? It sounds like a movie. <laughs> and so I know. And I just kind of was like, um, I, you know, I was like, you know, I've been dancing kind of on the side and I think I need to pursue that. And the best part is she was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm not actually surprised. But yeah, it just, I blurted it out. I think it was just, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> did she ever take one of your classes? No, but she did come to our first show. Very nice. What were your initial kind of hopes and goals for Dunia? Um, and initially started out as a dance school, um, you know, very localized. Like we just wanted to kind of teach classes in the area. But um, through word of mouth, it kept growing and it got really big very quickly. Um, you know, we started with one kid's class, one adult's class, and it was more based in dance techniques, but, you know, for all levels. And then um, it grew into, you know, by the end, I think we had like 23 weekly classes in the D.C. area. Um, you know, and then my business partner moved to New York, it grew into that. And we were kind of like, this needs to be something bigger, like, we can really do this. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't like we had this vision from the beginning, I think our biggest vision was just that we wanted to spread our love of dance. And we wanted to kind of put Bollywood on the map. You know, um, when this started, it was over 10 years ago. So it wasn't, you know, Bollywood wasn't where it is now. Um, and so I think, you know, things like Slumdog Millionaire, J-Ho, all of that really helped um, push us to where we got. And then, you know, it just it was all timing. And I mean, obviously, like our hard work and, you know, we're amazing. But yeah, I think it was just, you know, really good timing. And just we had some good juju around us. And so what was what was the initial reaction from your parents, family? Were they like, what are you doing? Go back to your corporate job? Um, you know, I'm pretty fortunate in that sense. Like growing up, I mean, obviously my parents had these aspirations of me being, you know, they would always say that I would make a great doctor. Um, my dad was a doctor and so, or is a doctor. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think there was a part of them and then... I just, I think I, they could see my passion for dance and just the arts and teaching even, um, from an early age and kind of started to realize that it wasn't going to happen. Um, but I will say like my dad was super supportive. Like that day after the whole, you know, I quit thing, I went to my office 
And I called my parents and I was like, um, this is what just happened. And the only thing my dad said was make sure to get health insurance. <laughs> that was his only, you know, but I think, I think my mom was really worried and it brings up an interesting, she was extremely supportive and she's still my biggest fan. But I think, you know, there is this sense of as women always wanting more for daughters. I mean, I don't, I don't have a daughter, so I can't speak to that directly, but I'm close to a lot of girls that I've either taught or nieces, you know, and um, I think that we see them as being, you know, the next CEOs and the next this. And, and for me to quit a really good paying job where I was doing well, you know, I was talking to my manager about being promoted. And next thing you know, I'm like, no, I'm just going to teach dance. Like, if you really listen to those words, I... I can see where my mom was worried because I think, you know, she had some regrets of maybe not fulfilling dreams that she had. And, and, and sometimes we put that on our girls, but um, I think the best thing is just all we can do is support. Right. And, and, and now the sky really is the limit. Like there's so many things that people can do. I mean, now we are at the point where we're all of us and are having kids that we're just more open to different career paths, you know, it's a yeah. different time, right? Agreed. So I want to kind of get into some of the highlights during your time at Dunia. Like, I know you guys were on the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, any other, like, fun stories or highlights that you can recall? Uh, yeah. So the um, I'll start with Oprah. So, I mean, obviously, like, I still can't believe that I was on Oprah. But, you know, the, the best part is, so when we were called to be on it, um, she, I mean, they were told, you know, they were like, oh, we're looking for people, women who started their own business and like out of passion and all this. So that's what we thought. And it's hilarious because Priya and I were up like all night interviewing each other. Like, oh, what if they ask us this? Lo and behold, none of that happened. Like we were not interviewed at all. But what was cool was that it was actually this whole surprise thing about, you know, superstars in other countries. And so Aishwarya and Abhishek um, surprised us on stage while we were dancing. Yeah, I saw um, it. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I'm known for like freaking, I actually use those words, I'm freaking out right now, like on national television, and I'm crying. Like, it's just a mess. Uh, but I will say like, Abhishek is hilarious. Like he's so yeah. down to earth. And we we didn't get to talk to Oprah too much. Um, you know, she gave us a little squeeze of the hand, which I will cherish always. But, you know, during commercials or backstage, we actually talked to Abhishek and Ashraya quite a bit. Um, he is just super, like, he's hilarious and he's so sweet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Aishwarya thought I was like 21 and I was definitely like 30. Um, <laughs> well, in that moment, I'm pretty sure you felt 21. Yeah, yeah. The way I was acting, I mean, she was like, she kept um, putting her hand to my cheek. Like she kept like cupping my face and I was like, pretty, you know, like we're only like four years apart. <laughs> She's probably about yeah. to like call you beta. Yeah, but I mean... She's even more gorgeous in person, you know. Um, my other favorite is that because I had this like I have this football run move in my classes that I do, and so I tweeted Michael Strahan, and I was like, "Yep, you know, I do this move in my classes. Like we should do it together on live with Kelly and Michael because they were doing that show." And he tweeted back and was like, "Oh, I would love to." And then a couple months later, we actually got called to do live with Kelly and Michael. 
Um, they are so, so kind, like down to earth. They talk to us a lot. Very, very sweet. Um, so that was, I think that was one of my favorite uh, shows that we did. Nice. Lots of good stories there. Yeah. You had also mentioned that your partnership with Dunia had dissolved the first year of motherhood. Can you tell me more about that time? Um, you know, right around the time that I moved here, I mean, things were great. We like had a DVD and, you know, we were expanding um, and things were, were really looking up. And I will say like Dunia seen so many successes. Um, it didn't always translate financially. And then, you know, Priya and I were both in such different places with what we really saw the vision for what was next for Dunya. Um, and I think because we were so close, we had a hard time talking about it. Um, so, you know, things probably should have happened sooner than they did, but we wanted to keep pushing and trying. Um, there were a lot of people involved, lots of moving parts. And so we wanted to always do what was best for the company. Um, and I think in that, we kind of lost what was best for ourselves. Um, and then finally, you know, I think it just came to a point we met in person and we're like, no, this isn't working. I remember, I mean, it was like this tearful, it was like so dramatic because, you know, we were, we were almost like family by this point, you know? And so, um, yeah, it, it just, it just wasn't working and we knew we didn't want the program to die. And so we were hoping that we could find someone which, we're so fortunate that we did. We found um, Rohan to at least take over the program. So he has it within his own company now, but he, you know, Dunya as a workout still exists. I still teach it. Um, but, you know, all of this was happening. It started happening as I was pregnant. And I knew, you know, it's kind of like, you know, but you don't want to admit to yourself that it's going to end. Um, and then right after my son was born, um, a few months later, we made the decision to dissolve. Obviously, it takes some time and, and whatever. So by the time it actually happened, it was a bit later. But um, I think what I struggled with the most was that I had become synonymous with Dunya. Like my name was Gajal Dunya. Like it was. And so I felt like I lost everything. Like I was I had no self-worth. I was like constantly questioning myself. At the same time, I really think I was dealing with postpartum. I mean, I, I cried a lot, like every day. Um, and I just questioned myself. And then it would, you know, everything kind of, you, you're having a hard time in one area and then that just everything snowballs goes down. Yeah. And so, you know, it went from, you know, I started this business and now I'm a nobody and I, failed and I wasn't able to exceed and I let everyone down and all of that into I'm a terrible mother like you know I can't even breastfeed properly like everything just went into um and you know it was probably all related right like being really down on myself um but it's great that you are able to talk about it because it is tough also I just thought of it you had posted something on Facebook I guess about a month or two ago um, and kind of open yourself up. It was a great video. Uh, can you tell me more about that and why you decided to do it? Um, so I did it on my birthday because I was like, you know, this is the last year before my 40s. I had been so down on myself, like 37, 38 is kind of just, you know, and um, I realized that I had to start looking at things in a different light, you know, and um, 
I, the, what helped me get out of my funk initially is also, um, I just found some amazing people and I, I got into, you know, the whole idea of mindfulness and mindful parenting and taking care of yourself in that way. And, um, and was very fortunate to have these people like my parents included. Um, and then one of my friend's moms and this girl, Thajol, who, if anybody is looking for mindfulness stuff, she's amazing. She does like a mod zen mama thing, mindful mama thing. Um, but yeah, so through that, I, uh, I was able to kind of bring myself up and this video was part of it. The video was part of me just sharing my experience of like, things suck sometimes, you know, yeah. but like, we can't sit in it. We can totally acknowledge it. We have to go through it. But then there has to come a point where you also look at what you have and, and stop comparing yourself. Like I did a lot of comparing all the time. You know, we all do yeah. it. It's so common and for I mean, all of us. The thing is I still do it, but I now have made it to where like I stop myself, right? Like I acknowledge it. I notice it. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? Right. And so I think that's it. We can't stop ourselves from doing it, but we can stop it from get, going too far. Well, look, the video was really well received. Yeah. We all connected with what you were saying and going through. And yeah. I totally applaud you for your bravery. Thank so thank you. you for doing that. And you and I have also talked about timelines and milestones, <laughs> kind of doing everything late by Desi standards, getting married later, kids later, career choices. You have any regrets on it, though? I don't have regrets. I do question. I mean, I was questioning myself like five minutes before we started talking. <laughs> like, what am I doing in my life? <laughs> but, um, but I don't, I don't think I have regrets. I think I've always been true to myself, um, which isn't always easy, you know, and, you know, so saying no to things that might be a little more lucrative, more stable or more whatever. Um, I have to listen to my heart and I just, I can't do it, you know, and so that's where I'm at. Um, in terms of timelines, you know, I didn't really have any control over them, whether I thought I did, you know, so I can't blame myself. Of course, I did at times. Um, and I will say, like, I'm very lucky that I didn't even get that much external pressure. But I think societal norms can be pressure. Um, and that's what I let get to me. Good thing is, I think a lot of that's changing. Um, and I hope that that makes it easier for generations to come to know that, you know, there's no timeline other than the ones we set. So... So from being on TV and being almost famous, which I know you kind of joke about, to now figuring out your next steps in your career, balancing motherhood, what has basically been your biggest lesson or takeaway from all of this? Um, I think the biggest thing is just to be in the moment a little bit more, you know, um, while I was trying to figure out my career, I was actually doing a lot. But I kept think I kept like if somebody is like, "Do you have a job or what are you doing?" I'd be like, "I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not really doing anything." You know, I would downplay it because I couldn't say, you know, I'm a surgeon or I'm a this or you know, I I'm a banker. Yeah. I couldn't say these things, and so I would just go to like, "Oh, I teach a little here and there." Like I I downplay it, and I think my biggest lesson is like. I'm still doing a lot and what I'm doing impacts people and um, it makes me feel good. You know, I have little kids that are going home and showing their parents how to breathe deeply, you know, <laughs> like, or I, I don't know. I think that that, that kind of thing is also important. Um, and it's something that I should be proud of. The other lesson is that I have to keep 
doors open at all times. So while I do need to be in the moment, I think working hard in what I'm doing, always knowing that change is around the corner and kind of being ready for it. What advice would you give other young men and women who have dreams to build a platform like you did? Um, my biggest advice is, you know, stay authentic. Um, don't just do something because it's popular right now. Find your niche, like find what works for you and who you are and do it that way. Um, because it will come back to haunt you if you try to go the trendy route. Um, I think the other thing is stay organized. (laughs) You know, it's probably because we started our business as, um, friends just doing something on the side. And so, you know, there wasn't always a plan. Some In some ways that worked out in our benefit, but I think we should have stopped at some point, created a little bit of a better plan. Um, we did eventually. I just wish we would have done it a little earlier. Um, but knowing that all plans are fluid as well and not getting too rigid. Sure. And that's great advice for any of us. So Kajal, tell me about current projects and potential future projects? Um, So currently, I'm teaching in a lot of schools. Um, I'm doing some in Montessori schools, and I do uh, mindful movement classes. So we combine things um, around mindfulness. So we talk about like compassion and empathy and, you know, um, self-worth, self-love. But I do it in in the form of different games. Um, And then we do a lot of dancing as well. But, you know, it's all very much like follow along. It's not about technique because um, most of the kids are like four. So um, but it's it's great because they say things sometimes and you realize that like they just get it. You know, um, it's it's wonderful to see. So I've been doing a lot of that. I'm working with this. Um, I just started also teaching through this group called Hope Stone, who brings um, they bring the arts in all kinds of forms to schools that don't usually get it, you know, um, and then also they try to just give it to the Houston community as a whole, um, you know, people that may not have the money to pay for it outside. Um, and that's been a great experience, just uh, working with different kids that way. Um, and then I'm still teaching some Vinya classes as well. So I do, I do a lot of a lot of teaching and a lot of spreading kind of the love for movement and, and joy. So Great. Thank you, Gajal, for joining us. You are definitely an inspiration to women everywhere. You have done amazing things, and I know you'll continue to do amazing things. And we really look forward to hearing more about your projects in the future. Guys, you can follow Gajal on Instagram at Gajal Dancer, K-A-J-A-L-D-A-N-C-E-R. Gajal, thank you again, and I cannot wait to have our dance-off. Well, that was awesome. Thank you, Gajal, for spending time with us. Thank you, if, thank you. Yeah, it was great. And if you guys want to follow Gajal again uh, on Instagram, it's Gajal Dancer, K-A-J-A-L-D-A-N-C-E-R. She would love to hear from you. Yeah. So something else we wanted to do on our show weekly was to showcase inspirational moments, people that inspire you. Something or that just made you, Something that made you feel good. Exactly. Or just makes you smile. Yeah. And we're going to call this segment Who Run the World? So this week, for me, the inspirational moment, the moment that made me smile Mm -hmm. was a story about this little boy who calls 911 to warn them that the Grinch may steal Christmas. I just want to tell you something. Why call the Grinch? 
for the first one for Christmas, okay? Okay, do you have any adults there with you? Man, I'm sorry. This is my son playing on the phone. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. He he called in saying that the Grinch was trying to steal his Christmas. <laughs> so he, call, he calls to warn about, and they took him seriously. It, and they took him seriously. And, of course, that part made me smile. But also the fact that the cops actually showed up at his house. Yeah. And talked to him about it and told oh, him, yeah. you know what? We understand. We'll be on the lookout. Yeah. And then they actually got the Grinch to come to his house, and the boy was allowed to arrest him. That's so cute. It was so cute. And if you guys want to check it out, it's all over uh, the internet. Yep. Just, uh, you know, YouTube, 911 Grinch call. All right. I think that does it for this week. We would love to hear from you guys. Please uh, email us, Facebook us, Twitter, Instagram. We would love to hear your feedback um, and any other thoughts you have on topics you would like to discuss. Yeah, let us know. Uh, you guys know our plugs, Instagram.com slash out, Facebook.com slash out. The email that you can always give us feedback at out at gmail.com and simply our website, ummytuckeredout.com. That's a lot of Ummy Tuckered Outs. So much. I know. That's how tuckered out you are. <laughs> Seriously. And now we're going to close out with my song of the week. Nice. What you got? So this was inspired by my four-year-old daughter while we were sitting watching the movie Trolls. Yeah, like you do. She knows that this month has been a little bit crazier for mommy. And so while we're watching the movie, she just looks up at me and says, Mommy, everything's going to be okay. And of course, heartstrings, yeah. tears, all of that good stuff. But it was a great moment. So I dedicate the song of the week to my daughter. This is Mommy Tucker It Out. See you next week. I see your true color shine